0: The following is an exclusive presentation of U's Radio KMAN, your home for K-State Athletics. This is Wildcat Insider with the voice of the Wildcats, Wyatt Thompson, and KMAN Sports Director, Mitch Fortner. We come to you on this Monday afternoon with some pretty big news. Finally happening. The news broke about an hour ago. I was watching some extended pregame on ESPN for the national championship game between Georgia and TCU. And all of a sudden, they just jump right into the new class to be inducted into the College Football Hall of Fame. And whose name did we see? None other than K-State quarterback Michael Bishop is finally going to be inducted into the College Football Hall of Fame, a part of the class of 2023. Welcome to Wildcat Insider, Mitch Fortner, and the voice of the Wildcats. That is Hall of Fame voice to us, Wyatt Thompson. And we will get into some basketball for sure. I mean, the Cats now rank number 11 in the country in the AP poll. They're number 13 in the coaches poll. Pretty big game tomorrow. I know Coach Tang and staff (laughs) want to see those purple fans in the building at Bramlage Coliseum against Oklahoma State. And I just looked... Very recently at the tickets, looks like
1: under a hundred left. Yes, for it, uh, for it to be a sellout. Well, I'll be honest, I wasn't sure there would be something today happen big enough to take men's basketball off the front page here, yeah. right? To start our show, so to speak. But Michael Bishop making the College Football Hall of Fame. Wow, it's about time! Congratulations to one of the most electric. Athletes slash college football players, probably most of us have ever seen. Gosh, this is too late in coming, and I'm thrilled for it. It is.
0: We were going over the criteria because we didn't, I I couldn't remember. You can remember about, you know, how many times can you be nominated or on the ballot to be voted in, or however it works in the College Football Hall of Fame. I I guess there's that window, it's from 10 years after you played to 50 years after you played Mm -hmm. to be inducted. Well, Guys, believe it or not, it's been 25 years, when you, you can believe that. When
1: you said that a moment ago off the air, it almost took my breath away because when I hear 1998, it just seems like just a few years ago. Yeah, Not yeah. 25 years ago, but it is reality. But again, I'll be repetitive here. Couldn't happen to a better guy. Uh, you know what? Between he and Coach Snyder together, they changed college football. They changed the game, and in a lot of ways, how it was played. And they're still with that effect even up to the pro level today, wouldn't you say? Oh, absolutely. Recruiting uh, the JUCO ranks and you know, he,
0: Bill Snyder absolutely was a was a big catapult to that style of um, that recruiting, and Michael Bishop was probably the face. is still the face of
1: that style of recruiting, at least for K-State. There's always been guys back – a long, long way, quarterbacks that ran the ball. Mm-hmm. But the real true definition of a dual threat guy, from my perspective, would be a guy like that. Because he, a masterful runner, but also with what seemed to be the flick of a wrist, could throw the ball 65 yards downfield. And I'm just here to tell you, man, the good Lord only makes so many of those kind of guys. Well, it's just a fact. And Michael Bishop, obviously, God, we could go
0: on and on about, and we could really break it down to how, <laughs> how special he was. I don't. We, yeah. I guess we could if we wanted to, but we got a lot to get to today. But we can spend some time talking about it. '97 was obviously a special year, just the one loss that was to Nebraska early in the year. You go on to win the Fiesta Bowl. Very special year, just a one loss type of season. But it wasn't Michael's best year. It 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 wasn't. It was 98, Mm -hmm. where the defense was holding everybody to single digits. Michael Bishop was running all over the field. He was throwing it all over to Darnell McDonald or Aaron Lockett. It was going all over the place. And you're playing for a Big 12 championship and a shot to play for the national championship. Michael Bishop is a runner-up for the Heisman Trophy, wins the Davey O'Brien Award. Michael Bishop in 98 – is still to me one of the best quarterback performances I think we've ever seen in college football. Agreed. And I thought, you know, that alone would have gotten him in the College Football Hall of Fame a few years ago. This is not the first time he's been on the ballot. I don't I don't know how many official times he's been on the ballot. It feels like six or seven times. Mm-hmm. At least that Michael Bishop has been on the ballot for the College Football Hall of Fame. But I guess better late than never. He absolutely deserves it. He's going in a very stark studded class, I did notice. They had Tim Tebow on the ESPN broadcast. They made a big deal about it because he's on the broadcast. They throw out the names out there. Tim Tebow's not listed. They're like, oh, we, we left a name off here. Oh, Tim Tebow is going into the College Football Hall of Fame, which some consider him like the greatest college football quarterback of all time, whatever, but I'll be honest with you. Like, my, my memory of Michael Bishop, I only got to see him play live twice, and I was 7-8. and eight. When he played, mm-hmm. you know, during that time, I, I wasn't paying the closest attention to K State football. Like on weekends, I was either going somewhere to play sports or outside playing with my friends. I remember getting into the really getting into K State football, you know, in the very early two thousands. You know, the Jonathan Beasley era is when I really started to get into it as a kid. But I knew who Michael Bishop was, and I remember watching the '98. Uh, Nebraska game at home. I mean, that was one of the first games I remember watching at home. Went, my first ever K uh, State football game was the '97 Colorado game, where K State hadn't beaten Colorado in many years, and the, it was snowing, and the fans stormed the field. It, this is long overdue, and I, I feel like this is a. I don't know. I, I don't know if I can put this in the, the correct words. It just feels like. You know, this is a big win for Kansas State basketball. Just picked up two big ranked wins on the road for uh, for (laughs) uh, for for you know K State athletics and one of the best uh, starts in a very long time for K State men's basketball. But Michael Bishop getting into the Hall of Fame—it just feels like one gigantic win, another gigantic win for us in a stretch now where we feel like we can't lose. Well, I
1: think this is uh, this Michael Bishop news today, kind of just. Even elevates if if you will the thought of of all k state fans or most k state fans here lately of what a special time this is with you know what happened in this past college football season with k State uh, winning a, a third big 12 championship, those types of things, beating TCU in a just a fabulous college football game, and then they go on and win in the semis and play in the, the national championship game tonight um You know, Coach Tang getting this group off to a 14 and one start, and as you said, beating Texas, ranked sixth, and Baylor, 19th in the AP poll, 16th in the coaches poll, on the road back to back, uh, Tuesday Saturday swing. That after beating West Virginia in overtime, but uh, wow, this is this is crazy good news. And uh, to put it into perspective, only the fourth Wildcat football player ever. Uh, inducted into the College Football Hall of Fame to go along with the three coaches, including Coach Snyder. So this is rarefied air, and I'm like you. If if anybody deserves it, uh, it certainly would be Michael Bishop. He, Oh, my gosh. What a player.
0: Let's share some history real quick. So here are the former players and coaches to be inducted into the College Football Hall of Fame. Gary Spaney was the class of 2002. Mark Semino, the class of 2012. Darren Sproles was inducted in the class of 2021, and then the coaches are Pappy Waldorf in 66, Charles Bachman, I think I'm saying that right, You are in 78, and then Bill Snyder in 2015. So here are the players that Michael Bishop will be inducted with in the class of 2023. I'll just go in order of how K-State Athletics has typed it up here, as I'm looking at their article. Former Chief Eric Berry. Defensive back for Tennessee, Reggie Bush. We all know him. Dwight Freeney, who played defensive end to Syracuse. Robert Gallery from Iowa. Lamichael James of Oregon, running back. I remember him quite well. I think this is long overdue as well. Derek Johnson. No doubt. Uh, linebacker from Texas and, of course, played for the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, Bill Kohler, who played at Montana State. Uh, Luke Kiki.
1: Good football player, man.
0: Yeah, linebacker from uh, Boston College. Jeremy Macklin played in Missouri. Uh, Terrence Mathis from New Mexico. Bryant McKinney, who played at uh, Miami. Corey Moore from Virginia Tech. Uh, Michael Stonebreaker, who played linebacker at, at Notre Dame. Tim Tebow. Troy Vincent, uh, the defensive back from Wisconsin. Brian Westbrook who played running back at Villanova. D'Angelo Williams, I've met him in person, actually, running back from Memphis. And then the coaches going in this year, Monty Cater, uh, who coached at Lakeland in Wisconsin and also Shepard in West Virginia. Paul Johnson from Georgia Southern, Navy and Georgia Tech. Roy Kramer from Central Michigan and Mark Richt, who uh, coached in Miami and Georgia.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That's quite a list.
1: There are a lot of really talented people in that group. And <laughs> it's... Uh... It's really so, so satisfying, I guess I'll say, to finally, you know, recognize Michael for, you know, where he should be, in in my mind, um, in the College Football Hall of Fame. Just special. Case state also listed here what Michael Bishop was able to do
0: in just a short amount of time. I mean, I don't know if this is for a fact, but I mean, a two-year career of 22-3, and three, it's got to be the best run for a two-year season span I have to go look that up a little bit later just to confirm that but uh I'll let that stand for now but 26 games and he held multiple uh I'm sorry 26 game season and career records he held uh during his time or after his time here at K-State including career rushing yards by a quarterback he had career rushing touchdowns by a quarterback a lot of obviously quarterback but also a lot of running mm-hmm. records as well so um uh, Yeah, I mean, we all know who Michael Bishop is. He's obviously deserving of this honor. I I know he – I mean, heck, I think he was even advocating for himself because he he knows that he certainly deserves to get into the College Football Hall of Fame. It's long overdue. We could keep talking about Michael Bishop and how special he is to us. But now it's finally time that he will be officially, like, forever enshrined into the College Football Hall of Fame as one of the greats. He was robbed of the Heisman Trophy in 1998 – but you know what? This isn't too bad. This isn't too bad to finally, <laughs> finally show off yeah. that uh, he he is at he is certainly one of the greats.
1: Yeah, I don't know that you look at it as necessarily a consolation prize, but if, if you if if that's kind of the way you want to look at it, then it's a pretty darn good consolation prize because this is the uh, this is the pinnacle of, of 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 a college football player. You, you don't you know. I remember having this conversation with Darren Sproles you you don't go into this thinking, you know, that yeah, I'm going to go be a Hall of Famer, you know, those kind of things it's not the way it works, but um man, it's so it's so great to see him in there with those other guys who are wow, that's you talk about a heck of a list of players. You're you're probably a little bit young for Gary Spaney, but yeah. trust me, dude, he was a dog as they say nowadays. <laughs> and um of course, Simino and now Darren Sproles and Mr. Michael, that's pretty good, outstanding. Well, and uh, I don't know, like I,
0: I it just kind of jumped into my mind because of you know the run case they made in twenty eleven and twenty twelve. If a you know player like Colin Klein would mm-hmm. be, because his ten year window of now being nominated for the College Football Hall of Fame, would somebody like him be, you know, certainly in the running for the College Football Hall of Fame, and I would, I would certainly think so. Like I think he would be the next wildcat, and you know probably Tyler Lockett as well would be another one that it's just kind of on, on my radar to be. All right, if there's the next wildcat to jump on the radar, who should be coming up? You're know, probably looking at those two, I would imagine.
1: Yeah, I, I guess I could certainly uh, understand that. I, I think there are, you know, maybe a couple of others too. But yeah, wow, it's uh, again can't say enough about it's time. And it's just such a great feeling to to know that as special as those two years were at K-State, and he was kind of the, in terms of the players, the leader of that group, um, and just his amazing talents and athleticism, couldn't be more thrilled for the guy. And he, not to mention the fact that he's, this is just my opinion, but I, I, I find him to be such a humble guy for what he's accomplished. You know what I mean? Really good person to talk to, and he loves K-State. <laughs> loves K-State. I know this is a weird choice, but this has always been my favorite
0: Michael Bishop play. I know he's had a lot of deep throws, a lot of amazing plays by his wide receivers, incredible runs. I think just that throw the Darnell McDonald in the 98 Nebraska game, back in the end zone, he's just standing there. It's like <laughs> – for some reason, that, that's the one that stands out to me as my most favorite because that was the, well, other than, of course, you know, the scoop and score, mm-hmm. you know, to, put, to make it a 10 point game, but the back of the end zone to go up three. I was like, just standing there. <laughs> and the place goes nuts. Yeah. And he just, somebody jumps into his arms. Amazing play. All right. What a career from Michael Bishop. Finally going into the College Football Hall of Fame. When we come back, we're not done with football because we need to talk to Wyatt about the trip to new orleans cats go into the sugar bowl and we'll also just look back what was the 2022 k-state football season after this on wildcat insider the breaking news today michael bishop trailblazer for all the running quarterbacks out there heisman trophy runner-up in 98 won the davy o'brien We'll finally go into the College Football Hall of Fame, a part of the class of 2023. What we did not mention in the last segment, that induction ceremony will be taking place. Let's see here. I lost where I was. Okay, so it'll be taking place December 5th of this year in Vegas, 65th annual National uh, National Football Foundations College Football Hall of Fame class 2023. So once again, congratulations to all number seven. Michael Bishop, on this amazing honor. Uh, Wyatt, we have not had a chance yet to talk about the Sugar Bowl, talk about New Orleans, just kind of wrap up, put a bow on the 2022 K-State football season that, of course, the highlight was winning the Big 12 championship in Arlington back in early December. But first about New Orleans, did you get a chance to get out there, see the town, get some eats, go to a good restaurant or two?
1: Probably more like Several as opposed to one or two. It's a spectacular place to eat, if that's your deal, right? <laughs> I stayed an extra day so I could go eat. Yeah, yeah. Actually, uh, what, what I would say is, is that I thought, first and foremost, the week for all of the K-State team, meaning coaches, staff, players, was, was something special. You know, you always, you know, hear about the New Year's six bowl games and how awesome they are. Uh, I would tell you that that's absolutely right. Uh, I think the players were were overwhelmed by just all of the activities they got to do that were tied into the bowl, um, and and then actually a little bit of time each day to kind of get out and do their own thing. Uh, I think many of them very much enjoyed that part of it uh, from the perspective of the, I think what I learned there in that week was there are a whole bunch of people on that committee for the Sugar Bowl that take so much pride in absolutely putting on one of the best bowl games in in college football history for many, many years, dating back to 1935. They're closing in on 100 years, man, and they, they know what they're doing. Great group of people. Uh the media staff uh lead people on that were exemplary, I think. Um not much I would change other than probably the last minute of the first half and the first couple of two or three minutes of the third quarter. <laughs> uh other than that it was a pretty darn good week. And and it was um uh, it was a I think for me, I guess I'll add this. I, I think that the players were very disappointed uh, that they didn't play at the level that they wanted to. Uh, I think we all know what kind of coach team Alabama is, how talented they are, and despite that, I think K-State is well coached. I think they had a good plan. I think they, especially in most of the first half, executed that, but you give Alabama an inch and they usually kick the door in and take a mile, right? And I think we saw a little bit of that, too, but... That does not take the shine off of what this, this group accomplished. It was a magnificent season from my perspective.
0: I, I mean, the, the Sugar Bowl was an experience to remember, maybe not so much a game to remember other than the first quarter. And K-State jumping out to that 10 nothing lead, Deuce Vaughn going for, what was it, 88 yards and mm-hmm. a touchdown, which by the way, it's he finishes up with the longest run of his career. I thought that was uh, some sweet icing on the cake. Yep. And uh, Deuce Vaughn has now since announced that he is going to be uh, giving up his last two years of eligibility and jumping to the NFL draft. Malik Knowles has said he's going to the NFL draft. Offensive line's all coming back, but uh, yeah, it's going to be a different looking team next year for sure. But First of all, I got there on that Wednesday before mm-hmm. and I I decided I was going to just kind of walk through the French Quarter, go to uh, Bourbon Street, of course. It was already nighttime. I got there pretty late, like 1030. And I just wanted to see, like, is there already a bunch of K-State fans down here? Is it going to be packed? No, not really. It, it was. It was just I saw some, a bunch of K-State players yeah. just kind of walking around. Just That's about all they were doing, walking around. and So I had some bags. Maybe they got some you know souvenirs or whatever. And that was about it. Saw a few Alabama players. That was about it. It really ramped up the next day.
1: Yes. And it got pretty crowded. From Thursday on, um, it was amazing. And, and I, I think it prob- you probably would have seen more maybe as early as Wednesday late afternoon into the evening had it not been for the travel issues of so many. Um, yeah. I guess we'll, <laughs> we'll just leave it at that. But there were lots and lots of flights that were canceled and, and people flying out of Kansas City trying to get to New Orleans – had to find other ways, and not just Kansas City, but but Kansas City. There were a bunch. It was for me personally. It was extraordinary getting to the pep rally about ninety minutes prior to the start, or almost two hours actually, and then watching them just Traffic fill their terrible. play. It was amazing to, and unfortunately, not everybody got in. They had to turn a few away. But wow, just the excitement that they had for. What this team had just accomplished with not only the season but the the win against TCU—I mean, just—it was just electric in the building. I don't know how else to describe it. It was unbelievable.
0: I'll put it this way: so I I, I did like the first fifty minutes of this show. It was Friday, so the game, uh-huh. yeah. And uh, it—I just did it by myself, and I just kind of I, I you know cue it up to uh, or you know toss it to some clips of them of the players talking or whatever. Uh-huh. But I when I hit the air. People were still running in, and I compared it to Black Friday. <laughs> it was like everybody yeah. wanted the best seats, and like people were running to the front right. row and trying right. to get, trying to find seats or saving seats. And I, I remember standing up 10 minutes before it started. I was at a commercial. I just looked up. I was like, oh, my God. Mm-hmm. It is wall to wall. This is a big room. This is a convention center, yes. so it's a gigantic a room. very big
1: convention center. Yeah,
0: and the, And it's full. I was like, holy crap.
1: Yeah. Well, they had several, uh, what I'll describe as large rooms, individual rooms, but but this K-State, you'd be proud to know that K-State had the biggest room in that facility and stuffed it. Yeah. It was so great and saw so many friendly faces and, um, gosh, just great K-State people to, you know, and they were so excited to be there and experience that. And. And then after the game, uh, Stan and I are making our way back to the hotel probably not quite two hours after the game ended, because we're on air for almost an hour, and you know it takes a little bit of time to get out of there. But wow, as we came back towards the hotel, and it's not a very long drive, I mean, we're talking about nine-tenths of a mile, I think, from the Superdome to the Hilton Riverside, but every place you passed... You look in the building. There's k staters everywhere. You look on the sidewalk waiting into to get into the building. Same thing. It was impressive. I don't know if you noticed that or saw that, but man, that was that was that was something. Well, I, our
0: hotel. We stayed at the Sheraton. It was yeah. the media hotel. Right. There was also a bunch of K-State alumni, part of the alumni association, that yep. were staying there. I noticed like the the lobby was always full and people were hanging out. But I was also thinking at the same time. I was like. <laughs> What are you guys doing? Get out of here. Go 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 see the city. Yeah. Don't be in this hotel lobby drinking and eating and stuff. There's way better out there in the city. But uh, They were pacing
1: themselves, Mitch. Later that night, I'm sure, right? Oh, I'm sure, yes. Yeah.
0: Well, I went out on New Year's Eve, and after the game, of course, and while the college football playoff was going on, wasn't as actually packed as I thought it would be. But it was still a great time. K-State fans, oh, yeah. even though lost that day, was out having a good time. It was just an overall fantastic experience. It's been my favorite bowl game experience.
1: And I, I just love New Orleans. So it's, sure, that's part of it, absolutely. But, uh, again, I, I, I want to stress this. The, the effort of the... The committee and and what they did to make that a special week because the football team got in there noonish on Monday the 26th and then flew out of there at about 10:30 in the morning. Well, they were delayed a little bit, I guess, but they left New Year's Day uh, delayed a bit by fog, but then came back and then our plane was uh, probably a couple of hours after that. So I I guess I'll say this, reveal this too. I I got. Home on New Year's Day at about three thirty and left at three fifteen the next day for Austin. Oh yeah yeah, <laughs> so I was home almost twenty four hours, but what a two weeks. It'll be a two weeks that I'll always remember. well I want to
0: uh, I, I just kind of want to you know put a bow on the season, just kind of you know share some thoughts just about the season as a whole. i I predicted on PowerK game day Casey would finish the regular season ten and two. Uh, and I actually, I think uh, the others. I think they maybe said nine and three, ten and two, nine and three, somewhere in that area. And I think most people thought this could be a very special season. Would nine and three get you the Big Twelve championship? Potentially, yeah, absolutely, for sure. It could, it could definitely happen, which it did. Um, but the way the season started, you beat South Dakota, obliterate Missouri in a in in, in nasty weather. Mm-hmm. Tulane comes into town and you lose. We thought at that time what is this season going to be now? This is not good. Sure. And I, you know, probably should have given more credit to Tulane before. You know, they, on paper, it seemed like they had a pretty good defense, so defensive line would be great. Tulane beats us 17-10. to You probably felt like you're a couple of plays away from maybe tying, winning that game. You never know. And then the Oklahoma game happens. And if it wasn't for Adrian Martinez, who knows what this season would have been. I think Adrian deserves so much credit. For, you know, the first half of the season, getting K-State into a position, physically, mentally, statistically, in a position to even get to Arlington, to even have a shot at beating an undefeated TCU team and going into the Sugar Bowl. I think without Adrian Martinez, who knows where this season would have been, but if it wasn't for him and his performance in the Oklahoma contest, I don't know. That was one of the best performances I think I've ever seen from a K State quarterback, especially with what he was able to do running the football, sure. and he was letting it loose a little bit. He needed to let it go, <laughs> and he started to throw the football down the field. That's where I start when I think back at this season, Adrian Martinez, and just how ha- you know, leading K State to a five and one start. Am I am I saying that correctly? Four a four and one start. Uh, no five. I was right. Five and one. Mm-hmm. I was right. Five and one.
1: I I guess what I would say, and I. Totally agree with what you're saying, but I would expand it out a little bit. In that, I think Adrian certainly was the story early on, uh, until the injury, uh, especially through the summer and through the preseason and into the non conference part. And then Oklahoma happened, and it's like, whoa, you know. But, but there were so many other things that made this such a special season, and that just real briefly with that everybody knows what it is but you know you have the Will Howard story and you have Deuce Vaughn becoming a consensus All-American for a second time and you know all the way through with the defense playing at such a high level throughout the entirety of the year um, and, and then you get in and to the championship game and the goal line stand and the overtime win and the you know all those guys are going to be walking around the championship rings one of these days, and that's yeah. <laughs> that's pretty special. So, and, and then to cap it off, even even in defeat, to to get to a New Year six, um, I, I think these guys can always uh, probably look at this and say, "Hey, we were that first group to accomplish that," and you hope that it's not the first and last time, you know. And I think everybody sees K State football right now in very good hands and with a very, very bright future. And I'm I'm among those thinking that way. Well th- this was a conversation. I think it was on Power K
0: Game Day. Maybe it was Big Twelve Championship time and I kinda just threw it out there about what you're well, no, maybe it was for the sugar bowl. Just talking about, you know, how we feel about next year. And I feel like, you know, you feel you feel pretty strong about next year. It could be another special year, but I think a big part of that is You know who the quarterback's going to be. You're not in this – it's not a situation where Coach Kleiman and the staff needs to go out and get another ringer like Adrian Martinez. You're now comfortable with Will Howard being the guy. And then you're hoping behind him, Jake Rubley, Adrian Lara – Avery Johnson, they will start developing develop, and you'll get another starting quarterback out of that. Sure. And now Transfer Portal, you, you can look in other directions, like at running back right now, who's going to be you know helping build that depth once again, along with D.J. Giddens. But also this season, you, you, you saw some guys grow up. Brennan Mott is a great example. Austin Moore, defensively. Kobe Savage is coming back. And how special is that guy as a Juco transfer to come in and just be special from the first game.
1: No doubt. And he's going out there making some hits. And not just special in his play, but everything else, too. It's a leader. Yes, very much a leader emotionally, physically, <laughs> all of those types of things. I, I, I'm Knock on wood, I'm hoping he's healthy uh, by the time next season rolls around because uh, he, he is just such a – I look at him and V.J. Payne kind of leading that safety grouping – um, and and of course, K State has to, you know, replace two really 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 fine corners. But we saw Josh Parrish and others, you know, step in there, yeah. and people forget e. the, the, the fact that you know basically K State redshirted five guys, safety slash corners in twenty twenty two that will be ready to rock and roll in twenty twenty three. So uh, yeah, holes certainly. Replacing Eli Huggins will not be easy. Replacing Deuce Vaughn is almost impossible. Really, I mean, you'll do it. You move mm-hmm. on. But what a special, special talent. Um, we're going to talk about a future Hall of Famer one of these days. There's one right there. Don't you think? Yes. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> to, to not think that he would, would, so. would be considered after, um, you know, back-to-back consensus All-America seasons is crazy. He, he'll be considered.
0: Well, and he wasn't a Heisman finalist or anything or, you know, voted in the top five or, you right. know, but – yeah, I mean one of the absolute best all-purpose type of backs yeah, you would find in college football this season, no doubt, and last year. And for
1: three, you know, he did three, it for three yeah. years too. That that's the other factor. I mean, you, it's not a lock certainly, but uh, I know he'll be a Ring of Honor guy, or a, in my absolutely. mind, absolutely in my mind he yes. will be. My K State Hall of Fame He's a probably. guarantee. Yeah. yeah. So and, and one of the best young people I've been around, and I've been so fortunate with with that with so many. Um, He's right near the top of the list. He's humble. He's so gifted. Uh, was all about the cats, and it's all, that's what he cared about. You know, <laughs> he was he was special. So it, yeah, it was. This is one year that we'll look on fondly for many, many, many years, many years to come. Yeah, Deuce Vaughn, that that is a
0: kid I am going to miss. I hashtag my boy from from day one. Saw the potential in him, and he absolutely not only lived up to but exceeded expectations. Uh, the fan base just loved him from the first game against Arkansas State. Blows up against Oklahoma. That Oklahoma catch he had for seventy yards or whatever it was, where he just kind of slides through a outside linebackers' hands or whoever is covering him in the slot. Any that run, I was like, that—that's still my favorite play. Yeah, it is. Well, he had a bunch of them. That's for sure. Do but... you have one? Do you have a favorite play?
1: <sighs> I've been—I I was asking everybody last week. Yeah. Suppose we can continue on that. Uh, you know, before. I, I would give me a little bit to think about that because there okay. were so many. Um, man, I, I, you know what the the touchdown run he had against TCU, yeah, uh, where he has that juke at about the twenty yard line. The guy had zero chance, mm-hmm. and I think he knew it <laughs> would, would would first come to mind. But there were so many others that, I mean, man,
0: we had a forgettable one of those uh, type of runs at Baylor.
1: Oh, for Where sure. Where he jute
0: the guy and uh, yeah. easily gets into the end zone, and I mean, I'm sure he's done that more times than we can remember. I brought up the play against uh, Gavin Potter mm-hmm. of Kansas when he drew Tim. Oh, that's that's a pretty good one too. I got yeah. admit. Yeah, no doubt. Especially well, with him, there was, were many.
1: Yeah, and he'll he'll certainly be missed. But I, again, I'll just emphasize this. I I do think the recruiting has gone well. You've got you know the the fact that some of these offensive linemen have committed to coming back there may be more who knows we don't know that yet but um i, I think as you look towards next year there's there's a lot of reasons to be optimistic um for sure
0: if you like the uh, the shirtless picks after the games from the uh, <laughs> offensive line i'm sure that's another <laughs> that's another part of k-state that's coming back for next year as well <laughs> All right, well, that'll put a a bow on uh, K-State football in the 2022 season when we come back. I'm sure we'll jump in now to uh, some K-State hoops. Not just that, the Big 12. Big 12's off to a great start, but uh, maybe none better than what the Wildcats have been doing the
1: last three games. Up next, after these words. Good right now. Yeah, uh, let me put into context how good, okay? The net ranking of the league is at 26.8. The next lowest conference is at fifty six point eight.
0: That's crazy. Well, and probably actually, probably just a couple of days ago before Saturday, um, you probably would have seen that number for for the Big Twelve be a lot better because everybody was in the top forty five. And I now, yeah. I they're in. The, all all of them are in the top forty one of Ken Palm. Okay, the entire league. I think was it Texas Tech. I think Texas Tech dropped
1: in the net ranking
0: to number yes. sixty. Yeah. And so. I think
1: that's the worst in the Big Twelve. It is. They're sixty. Okay. So so you've got Kansas at four, Texas ten, K State eleven, Iowa State fifteen, West Virginia nineteen, TCU thirty, Baylor thirty one, Oklahoma State forty, Oklahoma forty eight, Tech sixty. Okay. Yikes. Yeah. I mean <laughs> Yeah. I, I think the Big
0: Twelve has shown that they are the 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 conference to beat and it's gonna be a dog fight Week in and week out, and game in and game out. I was looking at K State's schedule earlier today, and I felt like you know I think the first half of K State's schedule is is the proving ground. It's going to be tougher than the second half of the schedule. Just if you just look at who's playing in Manhattan versus who's playing, who K State is playing on the road. You you're like tougher this, in the second half. I think it's easier in the second. Easier half in the
1: second half. Okay. Because
0: you have road trips to Oklahoma State in Oklahoma. As opposed to Texas Baylor. As opposed yeah. to Texas and TCU. Uh-huh. TCU was the one I'm like, okay, I think that fan base is going to be pretty pumped up right now. Oh, sure. Because their team is playing in the national championship tonight. Their basketball team is a top 20 team. They happen to be one of the fastest in transition I think I've seen all season. And I think their transition points prove that because I think they're the best in the country in transition point or a fast. I'm sorry, fast break points. Boy, did that does that team turn defense into offense? Because I was watching. Was it Wednesday night? They played at Baylor.
1: I was like, Jesus! Team likes
0: to run. <laughs>
1: they got to be the most in shape team, I think. Well, and maybe the one of the deepest teams in the league. I was working on some of their stuff today. Uh, I'd worked so much over the last couple of days on Oklahoma State, but they hit, and I'm talking about TCU now. They have mm-hmm. all five starters back from last year, and I'll remind everybody that a year ago they were a 21 win team. But Emmanuel Miller, Chuck O'Bannon, Eddie Lampkin, Damian Baugh, Mike Miles, that's a pretty good starting group. And then their bench is Micah Peavy, Rondell Walker, Xavier Cork, Shahade Wells, and Jacoby Coles. That's <laughs> that's pretty legit. Um and they are really, really you're you're right. I mean in transition here we in this part of the country are talking a lot about Marquise Noel. Mike Miles This is how good Marquise is. Mike Miles is averaging 24.7 points a game in Big 12 play. I get it that it's a small sample size. Marquise is at 30.3. Yeah. It's crazy.
0: Yeah. Uh, Well, and I I think we could probably get into this a little bit more in the second hour. We're in short time right now. But I think this is a – because I am advocating as – I think Marquise Noel is the best player in the Big Twelve. Do you really? I I, and I know there's a lot of arguments out there. Jalen Wilson, you know his argument is he's been at KU for four years. He's the leading scorer. He's one of the better rebounders in the conference. I think he's probably, other than Musa Cisse of Oklahoma State, who we'll see tomorrow, he's probably the best rebounder in the Big Twelve. You know we can get into that more, but I feel I feel like Marquise Noel when it comes to what he does for a team what he has to deal with game in and game out with his size, I think, it, and, and still what he's able to do, I think he's got a very loud argument. Mike Miles is also up there. And watching him play, the way he shoots the basketball, he, he shoots at a high clip. He's averaging 20 points a game throughout the season. You mentioned 24 in Big 12 play. And they face some tough competition to start the year. Yeah,
1: they have. There are a lot of talented players in this league, but I think it's probably the safest to say this right now. There's no one any hotter than Kansas State's Marquise Noel. Correct. He is taking good shots. He is making shots. His assist-to-turnover ratio is ridiculous. It's 133 assists and only 40 turnovers. He's close to having more steals than turnovers. He's got 34 steals. <laughs> I'm telling you, his numbers say he's also one of the best defenders in the Big 12. Well, he first team all Big 12 defensively yeah. last
0: year. Yeah, absolutely. And he's better now. Yeah. All right, well, we'll talk more Marquise Noel. We'll talk more Keontae Johnson and this K-State men's basketball team. A lot in hour number two. Plus, we'll get more of a preview of the Oklahoma State team K-State. We'll see tomorrow and at TCU on Saturday. And we'll get a prediction on the national championship. An entire second hour. It's going to be a good one. Coming up next. Also, your local news is in about three minutes.